Well, again, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, was it exciting opening your presents, kids, as you leave? We haven't even opened our prayers, presents yet. So I'm going to make this really short. <laughs> we have family coming uh, still this afternoon, so that's when we'll celebrate the opening of gifts. But we're celebrating the real Christmas right now. Well, for children, it is the most exciting thing about Christmas morning, getting, opening up presents. You remember the days, right? But now as more mature adults or young adults, we realize that there's much greater joy in giving than in receiving, isn't there? Because that's who God is. Our God is a giving God. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only son. He gave us his best. I remember uh, getting a game as a kid. Remember Rock'em Sock'em Robots, if you were alive back then? Oh, yeah. Rock'em Sock'em, yep. Um, but I, I discovered it wasn't real fun to play by myself like this. And so what did I do? I invited friends over, and we played. I shared my toy and my game with my friends, and for Days and days before we got sick of it, we played together. It was a joy to be able to share my, uh, my game with my friends. Uh, Glenn McDonald, just after World War II, he writes that Betty Crocker became a household name, and she was on 50 General Mills products. Uh, and Betty Crocker was voted that year uh, to be one of the two most famous women of America. The other one was Eleanor Roosevelt. Here's the interesting part. Betty Crocker wasn't a real person. She was made up. She was a marketing ploy for General Mills to sell the products. Uh, when her brand of products were first introduced, uh, Betty Crocker's cake mixes didn't sell very well at all because um, the American housewife at the time, she, she didn't believe in this product because it was just add water to this cake mix. That wasn't real cooking. And so Laura Shapiro detailed in her book, Something from the Oven, General Mills changed something and left out the eggs from the cake mix as they redid their product. And once they left out the eggs, then all of a sudden, this cake mix flew off the shelves of the grocery stores. Today it's called the egg theory. As long as I can add something, even a very humble something, then the results somehow become mine. General Mills ad proclaimed, who makes the best yellow cakes? Well, you do. You do the really hard part of cracking a couple of eggs. As the timeless slogan puts it, you and Betty Crocker can bake someone happy. All we need to do, do is have a spoonful of ownership in the ordeal. So the unique ingredient that we bring to any ingredient is ourselves. When we offer encouragement, our assurances of love, our gifts, our resources given to those who have need. And because we're created in the image of a giving God, it feels right to give. So what does sacrificial giving look like? Well, it looks like this. It looks like joy. Sacrificial gives four things. It gives joy. 
A grown man shared, I've been going to professional baseball games all of my life, and my one goal is to shag a foul ball or a home run ball, or even during batting practice. I would love a souvenir like this. And so he said, one day I was taking him in batting practice, and there was this little boy standing next to me, and he was a five-year-old, and his name was James. So we struck up a conversation, and as I got to know him, I discovered that he wanted a ball too. He said, mister, can you help me get a, a, a ball? And so he made it his mission that day to get a boy, uh, a ball for this boy. And uh, he realized that in 28 years I hadn't gotten a ball, so this was a really minor risk for me to offer this. He said to the boy, hey, if I catch a ball, I'm going to give it to you. It wasn't much of a gamble, safe promise. Well, he said, I wouldn't be telling you the story if you didn't know what happened five minutes later. A ball came my way, I grabbed it, I gave it to the boy, and I discovered what great joy it was. After 28 years, I gave the only ball that I retrieved to this young boy. Jesus said it this way, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. It is more blessed to give than to receive. The man wondered. He said, I wonder how often God waits to give us something until we're willing to give it away. Sacrificial giving brings joy. God knows this. He created us in his image. He's a giving God. Secondly, sacrificial giving is an outflow of God's love. We know that Jesus was born to die. We celebrate Christmas to ultimately celebrate Easter. That was his reason for coming. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only son. Jesus loved us so much that he would rather die a horrific death on the cross and suffer than have to, have, have to entertain the idea of spending eternity without us in heaven. And so 1 John 4, we're told, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And then in verse 19, we love because he first loved us. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother or sister. Giving is an outflow of God's love that we've experienced Ray Fowler put it this way, our love for others should not be merely out of obligation, but as a natural outflow of God's love for us. If if God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for you, how can you not love others in return? And if God loved others so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for them, how can you not love them as well? So Christmas is not just a reminder of how much God loves us, but how much we are to overflow with God's love for others. But here's the question. 
What if I don't feel like loving a person who hurt me, who offended me, who wronged me? They don't deserve my love. Then they deserve my retaliation. The last thing I want to do is reward their bad behavior. Well, this is sacrificial love. This is the kind that we receive from Jesus. We didn't deserve it either. I don't think Jesus felt warm and tingly when he carried the cross up the hill to Golgotha. He loved us, but I don't think he felt, oh, I love them so much, I feel like doing this. Earlier, Jesus had sweat drops of blood from his skin because of his intense amount of stress that he was experiencing for heaven to go to the cross. And so Jesus says, hey, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. If they demand that you give them your shirt, give them your coat as well. If they demand that you go one mile and walk with them for one mile, walk an extra mile. Even love your enemies because I loved you in the same manner. Sacrificial love is not a feeling. It's not that natural either for us to do so. However, the third point is sacrificial love is supernatural. It's not natural, it's supernatural. Again, 1 John 4 writes, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Um, Pastor Tony Campolo and, and professor, he, uh, he put it this way. He said, I was walking on Chestnut Street in Philadelphia one day, and there was this homeless guy with filth from head to toe. He had this huge beard. I mean, it was huge, he said. It was gigantic, and it had food stuck to his beard. Ugh. He, this homeless guy was holding a McDonald's cup of coffee, and he was mumbling as he walked along the street. And then he spotted me and he said, Hey, mister, you want some of my coffee? And Campolo said, I knew I should take some to be nice, and so I did. And then I gave it back to him. I said, You're pretty generous giving away your coffee this morning. Why, why are you sharing it with me? He said, Well, the, this coffee was especially delicious this morning. And I figured if God gives you something good, you ought to share it with people. Well, Campoli said, he, he said, okay, this is a perfect setup. He said, well, thanks. Is there anything I can give to you? Expecting that the man would, would ask for like $5 or something. And the homeless man said, yes, you can give me a hug. Campolo said, I was hoping for the $5. And so this whole homeless man put his arms around me and he held me and he wouldn't let go. He kept holding me. Here I'm an establishment guy and this bum is hanging on to me. He's hugging me. He's not going to let me go. People are passing by. They're staring at me. I feel embarrassed. But little by little, my embarrassment turned to awe. And then I heard the voice of Jesus echoing down from the corridors of time saying, I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick. Did you care for me? I was a bum on Chestnut Street. Did you hug me? 
Whatever you did unto the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, Jesus said you did for me. Campolo experienced a supernatural transformation in his heart that day when he began to feel the love of Christ well up within him and overflow to this homeless man. Sacrificial giving is finally, it's a choice. And the Christian leader, Don Ratzlift, retells a World War II story. He said the Scottish soldiers were forced by their Japanese captors to do hard labor on the railroad. And one afternoon, something happened. He said, a shovel was missing, and the Japanese officer in charge became enraged, and he demanded that the missing shovel be produced or else. When nobody budged, none of the prisoners budged, then the soldier lifted up his gun, he cocked it, and he said, I'm going to kill each and every one of you if someone doesn't step forward. And, and they knew that he meant that. Then finally one man stepped forward, and the officer put his gun down. He picked up the shovel, one shovel, and he started beating the man until he killed this, this prisoner. When it was over, the survivors picked up the dead man's body and carried him to the second checkpoint And when the shovels were counted again, this time, no shovel was missing. There had been a miscount at the first checkpoint. So the word spread throughout the camp like wildfire that this innocent man was willing to step forward and give up his life to save the others. The incident had a profound effect on the prison camp, and the men began to treat each other like brothers. In fact, when the victorious allies uh, came in and, and saved these human skeletons of, of prisoners, the captors stood in front of, I mean, they, they stood in front of their captors, I mean, because they didn't want the allies to kill the captors. He said, they said, no more hatred, no more killing, now we need forgiveness. The sacrifice of this one man had changed the hearts so dramatically that they were willing to stand up for their captors. Jesus was innocent, and yet he laid down his life for us. And we're told in 1 John 3, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is why Jesus was born. This is why God came to us, to demonstrate what this type of love looks like, a sacrificial love, so much so that he was willing to lay down his life for us. Well, Lord willing, we won't have to be put in a situation where we're in a prison camp and we'll have to make choices like this, but we're given opportunities to make choices every day. Sacrificial love demands an intentional choice. My nephew Brady had a friend. His friend's mother died. It was during Christmas season like this. And so my sister's friend, this woman, passed away, and so my sister was going to go visit the family and and bring food over there. 
and invited her son, my nephew, to go along. And so as my sister went to the van that winter day, she was waiting for Brady, and Brady came walking out. He was a little kid. He came running out of the house, and then he went back in the house. My sister said, what is he doing now? Brady went and retrieved one of his Christmas presents that he, he received, his favorite one. And my sister was mildly annoyed that Brady was thinking of himself when they were going to visit this family of the deceased woman. After they visited the family, uh, they loaded up the van again, my sister and her son, but Brady didn't have his favorite Christmas present. My sister reminded him that you forgot your present. He said, no, I gave it. I gave it to my friend. My nephew, as a young kid, gave up his favorite Christmas present to his friend who was grieving because of the loss of his mom. This is what sacrificial giving looks like on a daily basis. We, when we think intentionally about others and when we give out of a choice. So this Christmas, we celebrate the sacrificial gift of our God who gave us his very best. And that's why we give to others, to remember that ultimate gift that has granted us eternal life in relationship with the holy God. And what does it look like when we reflect the love of Christ and the gift of Christ in and through our lives? Well, it looks like joy. Giving like this brings us joy because it's an outflow of God's love. We are created in God's image to love this way. And when it's not natural for us to give this way, we have to remember that it's supernatural. And when we depend upon the love of God in his giving spirit, then we will experience this supernatural gift flowing through us. But we gotta do it as a choice. Uh, we don't have to live that way, even as Christians. But when we do, once again, we experience the best that Christmas offers. That's the living Christ. Let's pray. <clears throat> Once again, Lord, we thank you for uh, this day that we can celebrate the greatest gift that's ever been given. So, it was so great that it changed our calendar. Uh, it, 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 we, we see evidence of this gift everywhere with the hospitals and universities that were opened in the name of Christ, all the mission agencies and humanitarian agencies, Lord, it's because you came. And we celebrate worldwide now this day with lights and with music and with exchanging presents and food and gifts because you came to us and you offered your best to us, your very life, that we may know you and spend eternity with you. We thank you for last night, Lord, and for the packed uh, sanctuary, people hearing the gospel from Pastor Jeremy. We pray, Lord, that you continue to um, resonate this truth in our hearts and in the hearts of those who were here last night and those listening online, that we may do a better job along you uh, to live your life through us and love others in your name, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>